Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighter's Fury inside the heart of a champion. With your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighter's Fury on AM790 The Ticket. Welcome on in, guys. Fighter's Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Tobin here with you. I want to get into a couple of things. We're going to have an exciting show today. Going to be joined by uh, some fine young fighters. One of them is going to be Irish Brian McLean, young up and coming from New Mexico. Fights in a kilt. Uh, pretty badass idea. Pretty badass, uh, unique uh, atmosphere that he goes to the ring with. Uh, very excited to talk to Brian. We'll also be talking to one of the young up and coming, uh, close to being a champion, and that is Erickson the Hammer Lubin, as he's going to be fighting Jamel Charlo. In about three weeks' time, in the middle of October, he'll be taking them on. Um, and there's been a lot of trash talk both ways, back and forth, especially from Charlo, who doesn't think that Erickson is uh, quite deserving of the shot yet. So we'll get his thoughts on that. As uh, always, uh, always love getting the the young guys on there and uh, discussing their careers. Erickson was down here recently, actually. He was, uh, I think, through the first pitch of the Marlins game or was supposed to throw the first pitch of the Marlins game. So we'll get into that. We also got some uh, a lot of action this weekend. We got Bellator. We got UFC action on Friday night, some HBO boxing on Saturday night. Uh, so that'll all be exciting to get into. I wanted to start with this, though, uh, before we dive into some other stuff, and that was um, <laughs> that was the comments of Edmund Tarvanian. He was on the MMA Hour this week with Ariel Helwani. First time we've heard from him in a while. Uh, so Ariel getting the scoop like he is one to do. Does get a lot of uh, great interviews. Usually one of the main newsmakers of the week. And Ronda Rousey's trainer comes on. We haven't heard from him in a while. And he says that you know he's 50-50 whether or not Ronda's going to be fighting again. Um, that they talk multiple times a week and that if the, he uh if they were to fight again the fight he wants is cyborg and listen, i'm all for trainers being uh having high aspirations for their fighters but none of this seems like a good idea you know first of all ronda rousey who knows if she wants to fight anymore i mean he says 50 50 who knows what the hell that really means you know, he was also asking in the interview, like, who is, who are the other people you're fighting? Who are you, are you training with now? Because he lost Mr. Ronda Rousey, uh, Travis Brown, not training with him anymore. And the other guy I mentioned, you know, he's got like some 3 and 0 up and coming fighter, and maybe he'll turn out to be awesome. Who knows? But as far as established, stable, he doesn't have anybody. I mean, Ronda Rousey's his bread maker, his bread winner, his money maker. And I don't know. It just, to me, it reeked of a guy hoping to get into the news, hoping to get some buzz for a fight, maybe get the UFC, uh, seeing what the interest is there, maybe, you know, getting Ronda feeling some public pressure to do it. I don't know. You know, he was asked a question, so I don't want to be too unfair on the guy. But, um, 
man, it seemed like a bad idea. It, se- it seemed like such a bad idea for a guy in his position to say something like that. Um, just because, you know, matchup-wise, we're talking about Ronda, who I thought, you know, going into that Amanda Nunes fight, yeah, as VC was weird with the whole media thing, um, you know, not wanting to talk to anybody, very off-put by the reaction of her first loss to Holly Holm. But I thought most disturbing was that, she wasn't able to take a punch, you know, like she was, she, she took that first crack and it was almost like PTSD, you know, it, it was, it was, it was right back to the Holly home fight. It was almost like, it was almost like a continuation, you know, she took that next shot again and she just wasn't the same. And so to think that she's going to go in there against a woman who Chris Cyborg is bigger than Amanda Nunes, who's a better striker than Amanda Nunes, um, it just seems irresponsible, and I, I, you know, I don't know if Ronda Rousey will ever fight again. Um, if she wants to, great. I'm never one to tell a fighter what to do with their career. Uh, it's 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 not a position for me to say, but I will say, um, I winced. I, I can't help but say I, I winced at that news that uh, he put that out there. Um, that that was on the tip of his tongue. That's a fight he's always wanted. He still feels confident about it. I, I just thought it, it, it was gross to me, I guess. That, that's the best way I can put it. It was gross to me to hear that from uh, her trainer. So there was that news this week uh, as far as everything was concerned. Everybody was still, were still a little bit buzzed, hungover from Triple G Canelo. Um, as far as the judging is concerned, seems like Adelaide Bird is going to be off judging for the rest of 2017. That's the news out there, and that um, if she does, uh, you know, if she does end up getting some gigs, they'll be small. The one she was supposed to be on UFC 216, that seems like it's dead in the water. So, um, you know, as far as big boxing news, that's what we got this week. We also got Deontay Wilder. Uh, Luis Ortiz got announced. So that's that's an exciting fight. That'll be in November on Showtime Boxing. Very, very exciting fight for the uh, WBC heavyweight title. Um, and the other big news this week was uh, was Andre Ward. Andre Ward calling it a career. He um, he decides to hang it up at 32-0, coming off two wins over Sergey Kovalev, one of them hotly contested, although a scorecard that I did agree with. Um you know, maybe reluctantly after uh, how the judges have been lately, but uh, but that is how I scored the fight. I did score him winning the first fight barely, and uh, and he had the stoppage in the second fight. Even though uh, Kathy Duva, even up to this week, she was on with Chris Mannix and said uh, three low blows. I was in the stands, didn't have a great view of it. I was live, so uh, I don't even I, don't, I didn't even go back to watch the fight. Uh, but. Um, you know, Andre Ward, fantastic fighter, lost a lot of good years of fighting because of a promotional dispute, and uh, a little bit of a victim of his style in that he had a, um, I don't know if I want to call it a Mayweather-esque style, he had a very deliberate style, very, just a very great boxer, um, master of the sweet science, but was a bit of a sweetheart so I don't know if he was polarizing enough to pull Mayweather numbers and you know Kovalev and him had had I thought good heat amongst each other had good drama but for whatever reason just 
didn't mix box office wise and got worse for the rematch surprisingly to me um maybe people were just so angry by the first decision that's why it wasn't a success i don't know um will this really be the end of his career um you know 32 and 0 he's certainly not old it's tough to say i don't really know what's out there for him that may be what we're waiting for maybe andre you know People always love a comeback fight. It is, it's a good marketing ploy in boxing, the comeback fight. And it always is good because you get an opportunity to see if somebody will arise. GSP and Bisbing are going through this a little bit. Uh, you know, GSP, it's a good comeback fight for him. That's part of the appeal. Really the big appeal of that fight, I think, because otherwise I think it is lacking. But it is a card that boxers pull out. Floyd's done it a couple times, three times, really. Um, so that was big news this week. So anyway, we're going to dive into the interviews now. Uh, we got a we got a nice couple of fighters we're going to talk to. Erickson the Hammer Lubin is going to be up first as he is going to be fighting Jamel Charlo for the WBC Super Welterweight title of the world. We'll talk to the Hammer it's next. Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, welcome back. Fighters Fury here on 790 Ticket. We're about to get around fields and downstairs convenience stores, guest line. There we will find one of the finest young fighters in the boxing game right now. Erickson the Hammer Lubin. He is going to be fighting October 14th against Jermel Charlo for the WBC Super Welterweight title. Erickson, thanks for the time, man. Really appreciate it. No problem, man. How you doing? I'm doing really well, man. So I want to start off with this. Uh, I was reading some stuff up on uh, up on your upcoming fight, and I was surprised to see some quotes from uh, Jermel Charlo, basically thinking that you don't you're, you you don't deserve the fight. That he was uh, he was a little upset that. This was the matchup that he got. Uh, what did you make of that? Did you see that reaction from him, and what do you make of that? Um, yeah, I, I did hear about it. I didn't really um, read about it, but um, you know, he probably just looking for a, you know an easy way out. You know, he wants to fight you know either Jared Hurd, who's another champion, uh, or or Cotto, who's another champion. So I'm I'm pretty sure he's looking for an easier fight that he can make you know a lot more money and you know win another belt or something. You know, he he doesn't really want to fight a uh, 21, about to be 22 year old. Well, you know, but we came up different. We came up different. I came up throughout, you know, where I was fighting, you know, good op- good opposition. Ever since I turned pro, I never fought anyone with a losing record. So um, I, I earned this shot, and you know, it's time time for him to just push all that to the side and just fight. Were you surprised that this came that fast? No, I wasn't surprised because they told me, you know, after my last fight. That, you know, they'll, they'll push for the fight. My managers, you know, they pushed me real well. They pushed for the fight. And, you know, we got the fight. So so that's where um, they, they kept their word. And, you know, I, I definitely appreciate my managers for, you know, getting me to fight. Because my last fight was a mandatory fight. So I definitely, you know, went out there and did what I had to do and earned that spot. Are, are you worried uh, at all, Erickson, about bright lights? This is going to be on a huge card. Showtime's uh, putting a lot of publicity, a big triple header. You're going to be at the Barclays Center. You, your face is going to be on the poster. Is any of that overwhelming to you, or is this all the things that were part of the plan? You're welcoming it. You're going to embrace it. Of course I'm going to embrace it. You know, most of my fights were on TV. You know, I got 18 fights and, you know, 16 or 17 fights on, on national television. So definitely not the bite. Like, you know, I've, I've been here before. And, you know, my last fight was at the Barclays Center as well. So um, it, it was even on a bigger card than what this might be. Um, what this might be. 
You know, it was on the Danny Garcia, Keith Thurman card. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this this card shouldn't be slept on because, you know, it has six of the top 154-pounders, and I'm sure everybody's going to go out there and um, try to be that 154, you know, because when they mention the 154-pound division, you really don't mention just one person. So, you know, this right here is a fight to show and prove, you know, and show why, you know, I think, uh, why I'm the best in the 154-pound division. Actually, why I know I'm the best in the 154-pound division, and it's time for the world to see it. Well, you you got such an exciting style, man. I mean, some of the unorthodox stuff you pull out there, but you also you go for the finish. You put on a hell of a show for the fans. Is that something that you, you was naturally built in the gym, or is that something that you you knew getting into the boxing game you had to be conscious about, that you if you were going to make a, a rise to the top, that you not only had to win, but you had to be entertaining? Well, yeah, I always try to, you know, look impressive. Like me and my team always say, you know, we don't get paid for overtime. So, you know, if um, <laughs> if, you get, if I could get them out there, I'm definitely going to get them out there. You know, I just I, I try to keep this exciting style because, you know, I, I try to keep the fans entertained as well. And, you know, it just comes from my hunger. And, I, I just, you know, I want to be a world champion, multimillionaire, you know, um, just successful in this sport. You know, I want to go down in the history books as – greatest fighter ever and uh, to be the greatest fighter ever you know I think nowadays you gotta you you gotta entertain you gotta show why show why you know these dudes can't beat you you gotta you gotta pretty much be undefeated you know like I am and um I feel like you know October 14th I'll, I'll definitely show the fans why you know um why they shouldn't doubt me who do you look upon getting into the you know twenty twenty one soon to be twenty two? Who do you look upon as as a role model at your age, Erickson? Like, boxing is a hard game and it eats a lot of people up and it can be scary. And and you're so focused on getting into a ring, another man swinging fists at your at your head. It's it's a hard way to make a living. It's a hard life. Um, and and you got lofty goals. So who who do you have as as your role models? I guess professionally, personally. Um, to make sure that y- y- you get through this thing okay. Um, I definitely look up to Floyd Mayweather. I mean, just look back at his career. You know, he's done pretty much everything perfect, including his record. Um, you know, I I still got Mike Tyson as my mentor. You know, I signed with him when I came out came out of uh, the amateurs. You know, they made a big stink about me um, turning pro, leaving leaving the Olympics. Not going to the Olympics actually, and um, you know Mike. Mike just you know he's always been a mentor to me. Even when I see him now, you know he um, supports my career. And um, yeah, well, I, I like the way um, Terence Crawford's put together. Terence Crawford, you know, I think one of the best in boxing, um, as well as Andre Ward. You know, just those type of dudes. You know. Uh, and if we're mentioning sports, you know, like LeBron James, just the way they, they put themselves together, you never hear anything negative about them. And, you know, they, they're they positive dudes, and they're very successful in what they do. It, um, it's a uh, it's an interesting time because you're, you're rising to the top, but this is an interesting age, you know. Tyson was different because Tyson, I mean, he was, he was kind of uh, extra celebrity amongst himself. He wasn't just fight famous. He was world famous. Um, but, but this is an interesting time where everything's kind of open to the world. I mean, you, you have the opportunity to, to kind of show the world as, uh, this is this, I got this side, you got social media, Instagram, Twitter, 
Uh, do you, how do you handle all of that? Is, is it used to you as too much or do you love it as this is uh, this is an opportunity to kind of be your own marketer, your own, your own publicist to get yourself out there? Well, yeah, it's definitely a, um, it can be negative and it could be positive, but you know, I always try to keep it positive. Um, social media is actually, you know, a great way for me to brand myself and, you know, um, for more fans to follow me and stuff like that, you know, um, like I was saying with Mike Tyson, that's that's another thing he was teaching me, you know, and him just being 18, 19, 20 years old, 21, you know, being so young in this sport, you know, it definitely could, um, it, it definitely could could make could make something out of you that you're not, you know, it could it could give you an image that you know that you you really don't have. Um, Mike was just telling me to, you know, what I mean, just. He was teaching me how to handle all that type of stuff and just, you know, with, with media, social media, you know, the press and all that type of stuff. You know, just always staying positive, he told me, you know, because that's the mistake he felt like he made. Was it in, what was what was it like first meeting him? Was it intimidating? How did how did that connection come to be so early in your career? Um, well, he, he came to the gym. He was scouting, you know, a lot of fighters. He was scouting a whole bunch of, of fighters. It was probably like 50, 50 kids, young and hungry, in the gym. And, you know, he just, he really liked my style. He felt like I was really explosive. And, you know, my work ethic, he, he really admired it because, you know, I sparred in front of him. I sparred probably like 12 rounds. And I was I was telling him I'm a 12-round fighter when I was just like 4-0. and You know, I, I was just, you know, really young. Ever since I can Ever since I was fighting the four rounders, I was telling him that I was a twelve round fighter. So he pretty much admired my my um my work ethic and you know, ever since that, you know, he just, you know, decided to be, you know, in my boxing career in my life and, you know, just mentored it. Well, you're such a young man. Did, did you get the grasp of like who this was? Like, holy bleep, this is Mike Tyson. Uh, was was that upon you? Because I mean, you you would have been very very young, and I guess Tyson's. I mean heyday and and kind of second coming of his heyday, right? Uh, I I did know because you know I, I grew up on Mike Tyson and it was exciting because you know Mike Tyson was watching me spar and every time I came back to the corner he was actually like telling me things I should do and things I should work on. Then I go out the next round and I, I'd work on it and he he see that you know I quickly adjusted and you know I, I tried I tried to pretty much just show off for him. Just, you know, it's Mike Tyson. So, talking to Erickson, the Hammer Lubin, he's gonna be fighting October fourteenth. Barclay Center is taking on Jamel Charlo. You got those fist named, man, Jack and Sledge. How did they get named, and do you love one more than the other? Uh, nah, I love them just the same, man. They 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 both do the same thing. <laughs> which one's which? Which one's which? Left is yeah. Jack is my right hand. Uh, Sledge is my left. That's a yeah. that's that's a great marketing man. Who came up with that? Did you come up with that yourself, Erickson? Yeah, we can actually. Me and my team came up with that in the gym one time. You know, just off of like sparring and stuff like that. You know, just just naming my fist, just you know, having fun doing what we love. I like that, man. Uh, before I get you out of here, the big fight this uh, this past week, we had Triple G Canelo. Big uh, big stink made about the the uh, the judging. Even though I thought it was a really great fight, you're not a guy who lets it go to the judges very much. You like to to finish business early, as you said, no wasted time. Um, yeah. But is that something that 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 uh, 
is in the back of your mind as a fighter, you know, because a lot of fans come out of that, and I guess the only explanations are corruption or, or incompetence, and neither one of those seem great because I was talking to Antonio Tarver on my show this uh, past couple days, and he was saying, man, you, you, these judges don't realize the effect that has on a fighter. You go out there and you have such a great performance, but, you know, these wins matter. You can go to the negotiating table with, with, with more leverage and now that Triple G, you know, he's got a draw on his record instead of a win. He doesn't have as much leverage in a, in, a, in a rematch. Do you think about all that stuff, about how these commissions and these judges have such a such a strong hand in your career, man? Um, I, I don't think about it too much because, you know, of course I try to get my opponents out of there. And if I, and if I don't get them out of there, you know, um, I feel like I pretty much know how to dominate the fight to the point where, you know, it's it's one sided. I was trying to make the fight one sided, and it's it's a clear win for me. But um, that's nothing I think about, and hopefully um, that's nothing I ever have to think about. So, well, we hope not. We hope us uh, best of luck coming up in a few weeks at the Barclays Center. Erickson, thanks for the time, man. I really enjoyed the conversation, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll get to do it before the next fight. My pleasure, man. Take care. Really enjoyed that conversation with Erickson. Um, best of luck to him in uh, in October. When we come back, we'll be speaking with Irish Bryant McLean, New Mexico's finest, fights in a kilt. He is blossoming in front of our very eyes as his career continues on next week, September 30th, um, as, uh, as, the, as, as he tries to notch the fifth win of his career. So we'll talk to Irish Bryant McLean when we come back after this. It's Fighter's Fury. AM 790, The Ticket. All right, welcome back. Fudders Fury here on 790, The Ticket. Very excited to be joined by our next guest. He is Irish Bryant McLean. He is up and coming. He is the only man, I found this fascinating, the only fighter in New Mexican boxing history to wear a kilt to the ring. He's up and coming in his career. He's going to be fighting on September 30th. Brian, thanks for the time, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. How are you doing today? Doing real, doing really well, man. Doing really well. So, how is fight camp been going? How is everything uh, been going prep wise as you wind down and get ready to fight night? Ah, everything's going good, man. You know, uh, we always we always stay on point with our with our weight, and uh, you know, we just stay ready. We got a lot of experience with my dad fighting, uh, you know, in his career and everything. Uh, he's the first native New Mexican to win a world title in New Mexico. Uh, you know, we're, we always we always come prepared, man. It's uh this is a game of preparation, a game of uh, heart and will. So we got it. We got the whole thing going. So, with your dad being in the fight game, like, how? What, what, at what point in your life did you think you wanted to give this a shot? That this was something you you knew you wanted to do? Uh well, my dad won his uh, world title in '94 when I was uh, I was about two and a half, almost three years old. Um, he brought me up in the ring with him and everything uh, after he won the belt. So uh, you know, being in front of all those people and uh, feeling that. Uh, Feeling that electricity, being in front of that crowd, is just, uh, it's always something that stuck with me. So. And so do you remember about what, so it was, was it at first at that age, or was it, you know, and, and as a kid you always wanted to be like your dad, you wanted to be a fighter, or was it, uh, was it something that kind of came in a little bit later? What, what, what was that, uh, that real turning point for you? Uh, you know, grow, growing up with my dad uh, fighting and everything, uh, Everyone knowing he was the champ out here in my hometown. Um, I, I got messed with a lot in school. You know, I was always fighting anyway. So, you know, fighting's always been a part of my life. I've always had to, you know, defend myself, defend, defend the family name. You know, everyone, you know, wanted to see if the, if the kids got the, 
got to fight like the old man. Um, you know, I, I started boxing as an amateur about, you know, 14, 15 years old, started taking it serious, competing and everything. Um, I won two state titles here in New Mexico at light heavyweight. Uh, I fought a – he's actually a, one of the rising light heavyweights now. His name's uh, Steve Nelson from, uh, from Omaha, Nebraska. He's one of T. Blood Crawford's uh, buddies. Mm-hmm. Um, I fought him in regionals in 2015 uh, in my third amateur fight. He had a 250 amateur fight. He was the two-time reigning national gold glove champion at that weight. Uh, world uh, world military boxing cup champion. You know he he was a he's a real tough guy. So coming up, I've always fought uh, real top competition. I've never uh, I've never shied away from anyone. Never been afraid of anyone. And I think that's a lot of what helps me in uh, in my career now is being is being just just fearless. You know, um, if they if they want to beat me, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to put me down. And uh, that's one thing I've never done. I've never touched the canvas. Never even been wobbled as an amateur or as a, or as a pro. So. We're talking to Irish Bryant McLean. You guys can follow him on Instagram, by the way, at Bryant, Irish Bryant McLean. Uh, just so it was going through the page a little bit last night. A v- fantastic uh, social media page on your part, Bryant. Uh, the idea of wearing a, the the kilt to the ring—that was, I think, that was that something that your dad did, and 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 uh, you wanting to adopt that—is it is it hard fighting in, in the ring with a kilt, or is it uh, is it something you practice? It's it's such a unique look. Uh, believe it or not, this is uh, actually something that came up uh, right before I turned pro. Um, uh, it was actually St. Patrick's Day, the year before I turned pro, and my dad was like, you know what would be really cool, man, is uh, if you fought in a kilt. And I started thinking about it, I'm like, man, I've never seen that before. That would be pretty cool. You know, I always see the guys wearing, like, the like the three-piece kind of, yeah, like, yeah, strip-looking yeah. thing. I never really wanted to do that. You know, I, thought, I figured, like, if we're going to do the kilt, you know, let's, let's go all out. Let's do a real kilt, so... You know, we, I got the I got the first kilt. It was uh, my actually the McLean Tartan, the family Tartan, and uh, we got it all set up to where we could fight in it, where it was approved through the commission and everything. And um, they said go for it, and I did it that first time. And I loved it ever since, man. It's I don't know. I feel like I feel like I'm in a scene from Braveheart or something. You know, what I mean, getting ready to go to war. It's uh, it's, a, it's a real cool feeling. You know, you get a little more range of motion with your legs, and it looks pretty cool in a movie too, man. I'm not even gonna lie. I've seen a I've seen a couple of videos of me fighting and stuff in the kilt, and I just like the way it looks, man. It's 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 really cool. It's it's, uh, it's super cool, it. man. It's a it's a super unique look, and also, yeah, I don't know. It's like y- y- you always want to make those points because you know it's it's it is part of the game these days. It's not just the the fight game, but there's there's a marketing aspect to it. There's a way to stand out, and you certainly have figured a way that uh, not only does your fighting do the talking, but but you got a little personality that is going to help have people uh, you, you stick in people's mind. Yes, sir. That's uh, that was that was also a, a side point my dad made. You know, when we first started doing, it, he's like, "Man, you got a lot of people looking at you now. Uh, let's let's keep it going. You know, just keep keep training, keep doing good." Uh, so I, I try to change the kilt up every every fight. Um, I actually got sponsored through a, a company out in California called Sport Kilt, and they send me out they send me out a kilt and everything for for each fight. Um, yeah, it's a uh, being able to being able to have something that people can uh, can attach you to. As a as a fighter is definitely a plus. It's always, it's always a real help. Um, you know, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, there's a lot of really talented fighters, man, that just get overlooked because they kind of blend in with the crowd. And um, that's something I ever really like to do. I've I've always been real loud and uh, real loud. A little people say I'm obnoxious. I I'd say I'm eccentric, but uh, <laughs> you know, I uh, I've always stuck out, man. That's why I, I I try to keep that in my fight in my fighting in my fighting career and everything too. So. 
when you go into the ring on September 30th, um, is, is this one of those camps where you feel like you've you've picked up some new tools? Is there anything you've really sharpened that you want to work on? What have you been really proud of yourself that you've uh, you've gotten better at in this training camp? Uh, the the last few fights, I've you know it's just uh, just brushing up on my real basic boxing. This this time, uh, we've been working on a few uh, little uh, little slick tricks, uh, little shifts, and um, you know sw- uh, switching southpaw, switching back. Keeping my distance because uh, the first the first three fights I I kind of just went out there and brawled brawled out like like I've been used to doing but uh, this time we're gonna really focus on our boxing and try and give everyone a really great show um, uh, working different angles a uh, little Lomachenko style you know what I'm saying uh, sure. really in and out keeping that keeping that distance uh, real sharp punching that's that's what that's what we've been brushing up on for this for this fight. It's something that I feel um, this year you know I don't as far as uh, boxing you know, fans and us watching, it, it does feel like that's being appreciated a lot more these days. People are very into uh, guys and their sh- sharp skills. It's not all just uh, wanting to see guys go out there and brawl out. It's tremendous fun, and a lot of, you know, everybody loves a good Anthony Joshua, Vladimir Klitschko when they go out against each other, and, you know, guys are hitting the canvas a bunch of times, but I feel like the Lomachenkos, the Rigandows, uh, you know, they're, they're all that, that, that sweet technique is, is, is seemingly making a comeback in far, as far as popularity is concerned. Oh yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's something that people haven't seen in a long time. You know, is uh, something that people back in the day, you know, in the twenties, the thirties, the forties, they were they were really focusing on that, like Willie Pep, you know, um, Sugar Ray Robinson, great boxers who also had that that knockout power. Um, yeah, that's, that's something I'd like to bring back. My dad was always a pretty slick boxer. Also, he was a he was a heavy puncher, but he, you know, he he could box. Man, he had he had one of the best jabs that I've I've ever seen in my whole life. Uh, yeah, that's that's something I really want to. I really want to bring back. I want to. Uh, I want to be part of that. Part of that echelon of fighters that can box, but also if if you want to stand there and bang with them, you know they'll, they'll put you out, and that's that's what I always try to do. So we're speaking with Irish Brian McLean. He's going to be fighting September thirtieth, four and zero, one KO. He's uh, he's up and coming and a fantastic personality as well, man. It's been a pleasure talking with you thus far. I want to get your thoughts on some of the things going on in the sports. What did you think this past week? We had Triple G Canelo. Uh, I think a lot of uh, fighters are getting to speak with a bunch of them this week uh, all kind of had a little piece in there because of, I think, the feeling Gennady Golovkin had when the judges' scorecards are read. You know, you go out there and you have a great performance and something that is so out of your control. You guys put so much on the line when you go in a ring and somebody who's an observer has so much control over it. it I wonder, at your, in your spot in your career, do you – think about that like wow that happens to somebody like an eddie golovkin do you worry about that ever happening to to you that's it's something that actually happened to me at my last fight my last fight was a draw um one of the one of the judges scored a shutout for the other guy which i thought was a ridiculous scorecard i thought it was i actually felt it was a draw myself at the end of the fight um but when i heard that first scorecard it was kind of deflating you know what i mean uh area hurts your pride a little bit you know uh, going out there and putting putting everything out on the line you know just throwing everything out there and someone saying that it wasn't it wasn't Clearly wasn't enough to win any of the rounds. Um, with the with the Triple G Canelo fight, I feel that that was the main reason why there's such a controversy with this with that fight with that scorecard. It was that 118, 110 from Adelaide Bird. Um, she's she's a she's an experienced judge, but that was just a that was just a ridiculous scorecard. I felt if if it had been 115, 113 Canelo, 115, 113 for Triple G, and then and then the draw card, I feel everyone would have been a little more satisfied with that fight. Um, I myself had it a draw. I thought. You know, Triple G was putting the pressure on, but he, you know, 
he was missing a lot of his power shots, and Canelo was countering off a lot of it with really, really crisp, uh, real powerful shots. I saw him hit uh, hit Triple G with the with the same overhand right. He hit Amir Khan with and slipped him, and Triple G just took a step back and kind of shook it off and kept moving forward. That blew my mind. I was like, Oh my God, how did this dude take that shot? Yeah, it was pretty. But, uh, it was pretty you know, insane. It was an eye that the, especially you know, you're going back and you're seeing the uh, the memes and the videos being put of that shot that he took. You're like, whoa! It's it's like he was in there with the Terminator. But I agree with you on the scorecard. Yeah, yeah. It was it was, it was all all things aside, scorecards aside. I thought it was I thought it was a brilliant fight. It was a it was a fight definitely for the fans, and I feel the fans should just uh, just you know wait to see what happens next. See if uh, hope, I'm hoping that Triple G goes for Billy Joe Saunders and gets that WBO belt and becomes a unified world champion. Uh, and maybe Canelo take a fight with Danny Jacobs or David Lemieux, see what he's got. Uh, you know, just go back to the old days, you know, the, with the Four Kings, the Durans, the, the Hearns, the, the Leonards, you know what I mean? Have them, have them rotate out, have them fight each other and see, you know, who's really the top of that division. Talking to Irish Brian McLean, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the rest of your year. How do you, if if all things uh, go well as you expect them to on September 30th, uh, do you plan to get on the ring one more time this year? Is it something we'll see you again in 2018? Uh, what what are your plans uh, so for for let's say the next six months? Uh, if everything if everything goes smoothly for uh, this next fight, which which I'm planning on, it will. Uh, I'll be back in the ring November 11th uh, here in Albuquerque. Um, you know, I, I I try to stay prepared. You know, if if a call comes, I'm more than willing to go out go out to wherever it's at uh, and fight whoever. You know what I mean? I I don't like to I don't like to be I don't like to get a reputation of a guy that shies away from a from a call just because you know they think I'm not ready or or you know they they think I'm meat. You know, I'm, they're bringing in someone just just an opponent. You know what I mean? I'm I'm not I'm not just an opponent. I'm a I'm a different kind of fighter. You know, I've got a I've got a big Irish heart, man. That's something that's that's hard to conquer, um, and I've proven that time and time again. I never I never lost the unanimous decision as an amateur. It's always been split decisions, one point split, one point split, one point split. And these guys just they they would never want to fight me again after that, and they kind of faded away after that. And I turned pro, and I've been beating everyone they put in front of me except well, except for that last guy, you know, that I draw. But I mean, now they called that fight of the night too, and I'm I, that's something I take I take a lot of pride in is a. Uh, is being able to put on that action show and also, you know, showing the skill and the and the heart and the determination that I have as a fighter, as a as a man and as a, you know, as a husband and a father and everything too. You know, I I bring my kids and my wife, my family into the ring with me, and that's something that that no one's gonna ever take from me. And they, if they if they do want to take it from me, they're gonna have to really uh, really put me out. Like I said, they're, they're gonna have to really stop me. Well, look forward to following it, man. You're going to be fighting September 30th, and uh, it'll be a fun it'll be a fun journey for the the listeners. I know they'll all be tuned into you, uh, following the 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 career and and seeing how this thing goes. So we appreciate you taking time to have a conversation with us, and uh, we'll, we'll be we'll be rooting for you, man. I, uh, absolutely. I appreciate it, Mr. Tobin. Thank you. All right, take care. Irish Brian McLean. You guys, check him out. Really enjoy the conversation with Bryant. Really enjoy the conversation with Erickson. Uh, really enjoy the conversation with you guys today. Uh, enjoy the show. We will talk to you guys next time. Fighters Fury right here on 790 The Ticket. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.